I'm Carly Palmer Webb, a gender and sexuality researcher, entrepreneur, enthusiastic Jesus lover, and the Christian sex educator. I believe that you can fully embrace your faith and pursue sexual wholeness in every life stage. And I'm here to help you do just that. I provide research-based info to help you prepare for and build sexual relationships worth all the hype, shame not included. This is the Christian Sex Educator Podcast. Welcome back, my friends. Today, we are going to chat about dating, specifically mistakes that I made while dating that I would really like you to be able to avoid. Now, I know everybody needs to learn their own lessons, and you will make mistakes in dating just like I did, and you will learn from those mistakes. Great. But I'm hoping that this episode can just speed up that learning process for you just a little bit. Man, I feel kind of bad for some of the people that dated me over the years. I mean, I'm great and all, but dating was a skill that, for me, took some serious time to develop. For many of us, the first few serious relationships we have are sort of like the first few pancakes when you're making breakfast. Sort of a mess and not meant to keep, but they help you figure things out a bit. I got to practice dating as an adult for a solid decade before I found my person, and by the end, I was much better at it. But for the sake of this conversation, let me rewind a little bit to the not so great at dating years and share with you three mistakes that I made and how you can avoid them, or at least learn a better way more quickly than I did. Before I share the skeletons in my dating closet, keep in mind that I'm a work in progress and try not to judge me too harshly, yeah? Okay, deep breath. Mistake number one, in dating, I was dishonest. It's a lot more palatable to say instead that I was a people pleaser and that I didn't like to disappoint people, both of which are true, But whatever my intentions were, I was still often dishonest in dating relationships. Let me give you a few examples of what that looked like for me. The first example, I often said yes to dates that I didn't want to go on. And then I would keep saying yes to future dates. For a long time, I just couldn't bring myself to say no to dates. I was terrified of hurting people's feelings and making them feel unwanted. And if I'm honest with myself, I was also terrified of people thinking that I was unkind or stuck up if I said no to dates. Second example of dating dishonesty, I went along with physical affection like hand-holding, kissing, cuddling that I didn't actually want to participate in. Here again, I was so terrified of hurting someone's feelings by saying no that I went along with a lot of things, which as you can imagine, ended up hurting them much worse in the end. Third example, when I was interested in someone, I usually kept it to myself. Okay, this one might not be the same as outright dishonesty from the two previous examples, but was I as honest as I wished I would have been? No. Apparently, in addition to an intense fear of hurting people's feelings and being judged as rude, I also had a fear of rejection. Go figure. My friends, your dating experience will be so much better if you tell the truth. If you really don't want to go on a date, then kindly decline. It doesn't matter if it's a first date or a 15th date. If you've decided that you're not interested, then please just tell them. A simple, thank you so much for asking, but I'm not interested, will suffice. Don't try to make yourself feel better by coming up with random excuses. The point is to be more honest here, remember? 
The same is true when it comes to physical affection. If you don't want to hold hands with or kiss or whatever with someone, then don't. Yes, you might have some awkward, um, sorry, I'm not ready for this moments as your date leans in for a kiss, but that's just fine. We can deal with awkward. Before my husband, Dallin, and I went on our first date, I was already pretty interested. We'd been playing volleyball together for a couple of months and I already could tell that he was something special or someone special, definitely not a thing. Anyway, even though I was quite interested in him before our first date, I told him right out to please not kiss me until I was ready. Sounds romantic, doesn't it? But by that time in my dating saga, I was much more honest. I already knew that I was very attracted to him and I just wanted to spend a little time exploring our emotional and spiritual connection before we introduce more of the physical stuff. It was just my personal preference. So on our second date, I told him one, that I was interested in continuing whatever we had going on and two, that I would like him to wait to kiss me until I was ready. And you know what? My expressing interest didn't scare him off. Shocker. And he did, in fact, wait to kiss me until I gave him the go-ahead and it wasn't even a big deal. Honesty is way scarier in our heads than it needs to be. So here's my first invitation to you today. Tell the truth in dating, both in expressing interest and in expressing a lack of interest. When you're in the car by yourself, practice declining dates. You can be kind, of course, please be kind, unless the person that is asking you out is just like pushy or making you feel uncomfortable, then just say no and get out of there. I promise that honesty will lead to significantly fewer hurt feelings than will leading people on because you're too scared to say no. Trust me. Okay, this is funny. One of my friends from church is currently teaching yoga in my living room as I prepare for this episode. There are some construction workers fixing her roof right now, so she needed a quiet place to teach an online class. And I just heard her say to her class, it's okay to say no. It just means you're opening yourself up to things that you want to say yes to. So if you don't want to take my word for it, just listen to my yoga teacher friend. She's very wise. Let's move on to my next dating blunder. Mistake number two is that I was judgmental. When we're dating, there are some judgments that we will need to make. Is this person someone I want to spend time with? Does this person build me up or tear me down? Does this person respect my boundaries? Do I feel safe with them, etc. So yes, of course we need to make some judgments, but that's not the kind of judgmental that I'm talking about. Here are some examples of the not so great judgments that I made. First example, if the person I was dating lived their faith a little differently than I did, I judged them as being less Christian or less committed to their faith than I was. This is so easy to do, and as Christians, we fall into this trap pretty constantly. It's not just a dating issue. This one hurts my heart a little because I did it so often while dating. We need to recognize that our perception of someone's faith or commitment to Jesus will always be flawed. I mean, for heaven's sakes, the only perfect man who ever lived on the earth, the one who was completely above judgment, was judged constantly by the religious people and the religious leaders around him. Jesus was relentlessly questioned and scolded by the Pharisees who judged him as being less committed to God and to his laws than they were, which is maybe a good indication that as humans were not the best judge of righteousness. The truth is we don't get to decide if someone is a good Christian or a good member of our church or has a good enough connection with God, so we shouldn't try. 
Example number two of being judgmental in dating, I judged people that I was dating for past behaviors or mistakes. Did I mean to? Of course not. I tried to be a kind and forgiving person, but I still did it. When I found out about things that the person I was dating had done in the past that didn't align with my beliefs, I often judged quite harshly. With my words, I would express support and gratitude that they were open with me, but in my heart, I was already pulling away. Example number three, this one is similar, but with behaviors that were current at the time. So I judged people that I was dating because their sins were different than mine. We often say things casually like, oh, we all make mistakes, right? But don't we also look at each other and at least in our minds think, yeah, but your mistakes are definitely worse than mine. No, just me. I'm still working on this one, of course, and I probably will be for my whole life, but in my early dating years, this behavior was just really too prevalent, especially with things like pornography use and masturbation. It's so tempting to judge. We've been taught since we were young to try and avoid those things, but it isn't simple or easy to do so, and so many good people, good Christians, develop these habits, and I judged them. So here's my second invitation to you. Practice empathy over judgment. One of the ways that we can do this in dating is by dating people long enough to know their heart. Don't write someone off because they live their faith a little differently than you or because they sin differently than you do. Pay close attention to who they are, not just your perception of what they do or don't do. Are they kind? Do they treat you well? Are they honest? Do they care for others? Are they someone who can help you be better? Now, I'm not saying that you can't try and find someone who's living the kind of life that you want to live and that you want to model for your children if you choose to have them. If Sunday worship as a family is really important to you, it's okay to find someone who values that. If regularly giving of your time and money to those who are less fortunate is something that you really value, it's okay to find someone who values that as well. You can look for qualities that matter to you But as you do, let me just offer two cautions. One, don't focus more on behaviors than you do on a person's heart. Behaviors can and will change throughout a person's lifetime for good and for bad. Find someone whose heart is good, not just someone who seems to be doing the right things. And second caution, try not to judge yourself as better than someone who values different things than you. If ever you're tempted to say or think something like, this person isn't good enough for me, or this person isn't as good of a Christian as I am, practice saying instead things like, this person may not be a good fit for me. Just to drive this one home, I want to read a caption from one of my Instagram posts from a little while ago. This is what I wrote. When I first started dating Dallin, I judged him so hard. It's a little bit painful to think about now. Dallin swore occasionally, gasp, He drank a ridiculous amount of caffeine. He watched movies that I considered to be inappropriate. He had different gospel study habits than I did. And to top it all off, he didn't and still doesn't like Caleb, the horror. It's laughable now, I know, but at the time these were genuine concerns for me. I had spent my entire life in a high demand religion and had been taught that things like swearing and watching inappropriate movies were not things that a dedicated follower of Christ did. I could not have been more wrong. Thank the heavens, literally, that I kept dating Dallin, swear words and all. Because you know what? He is, and I mean this quite literally, the most Christ-like person that I know. 
Dallin is kind to everyone. He's strong and determined in his faith. He cares for those who are in need. He's generous with his time and his money. He's patient, and I've never seen him lose his temper. Dallin accepts and loves people from all walks of life. He speaks up for those who are mistreated and marginalized. He is good to his very core. I'm embarrassed to admit that when I was getting to know Dallin, I thought I was a better Christian. I do try to be like Christ, yes, but Dallin is on a whole different level. Thankfully, I married him, and he's a good influence. All right, that's it for the post. Let's move on to the final mistake that we're going to chat about today. Mistake number three is I struggled to commit. And by that, I mostly mean that I had FOMO. For some of us, a fear of commitment is mostly tied to a fear of being hurt or being rejected. But for me, it was primarily about the fear of missing out on what, you might ask, something or someone that might have been a better fit for me. From my very first serious relationship in college all the way to meeting Dallin Douglas, which again was about a decade, I struggled to really commit in relationships. I was in a lot of them, yes, even for quite long periods of time, but even when I was in a quote, committed relationship, I often struggled with the grass might be greener syndrome. Now, some of that is totally normal and healthy in dating. Part of dating is that it isn't permanent. So in some ways, it's kind of like a trial period, though that sounds kind of heartless. It's okay to keep in mind while dating that if you want to end the relationship, you can. But part of being honest in dating, I'm looking at you, 19-year-old Carly, is keeping the commitments that you make. If you're dating someone exclusively or seriously or whatever you want to call it and have committed to not dating other people, then keep that commitment. Even mentally, if you find that you're unable to commit yourself to someone or if you just can't stop thinking about that other cute person in your physical science class or you're constantly wondering if there's someone that's a better fit for you, then it might be wise to end the commitment or relationship. When you're dating someone, you're committing your time and attention and affection to them. If that's too much for you or doesn't feel right, that's okay. Then don't make the commitment. I spent a lot of time in relationships with really good people worrying that I was going to miss out on something better. And I think all of us kind of have a difficult time appreciating our present, what we currently have and what we're currently experiencing. And it's no different in dating. You may be dating someone absolutely incredible and still be wondering if there's someone more incredible who would be a better fit. The truth is there might be. In fact, there probably is. There are a lot of people in the world and that's okay. If your current relationship doesn't end up being all that you want it to be, or you or they eventually end it, then you can look for that potentially more incredible or more suited for you person. But while you're together with this person, who's good and kind and makes you better, just enjoy loving them. Enjoy spending time with them. If you've committed to them on any level, be true to that commitment. Commitment doesn't need to be as scary as we make it out to be. When you decide to date someone exclusively, you aren't promising your hand in marriage. You aren't agreeing to give birth to their children. You're committing to spending time with them, to treating them well, and to not dating other people for the time being. And by time being, I just mean while both of you still feel that the relationship is right and good. So my advice, take a deep breath, 
and appreciate this person that you care about so much. Take it one day at a time. If you don't feel ready to commit, then don't. If you don't feel that you're able to keep the commitment that you made previously, then you can end it. Both of those things are okay and honest, which I'm a pretty big proponent of, as you know. So again, the three mistakes that I made in dating that I want to help you to avoid. Number one, in dating, I was dishonest, both in the things that I said and did, and in the things that I didn't say and didn't do. Number two, I was judgmental, specifically in judging others as being less righteous or less Christian than me. Ouch. And three, I struggled to commit because I was afraid of missing out on something that might have been better. I know that I have already given some advice on how you can avoid these same mistakes or at least work through them more quickly and effectively than I did, but it all really comes down to two things, being honest and being kind. It isn't honest to commit when you aren't ready. It isn't honest to keep saying yes to dates that you don't want to go on. It isn't kind to judge the goodness or righteousness of others, not to mention you're probably wrong and it's totally not your place or mine. Man, when I thought of this episode topic, I was like, oh, that'll be fun. I'll share some of my dating blunders and it'll be funny and informative and people who are dating now can avoid some of my struggles. But gosh, this was actually kind of painful to share. Not because I'm embarrassed, though, of course, I'm not proud of the way I handled a lot of these situations, but because I can see now what I couldn't see then. And that is that I was hurting people that I cared about. Not intentionally, but I was. Dating is just kind of challenging sometimes. And I realize it's likely that everyone will get hurt or be heartbroken at least once, if not several times. But if we're working to be kind and to be honest in this stage of life, we can avoid some of that hurt for ourselves and for others. And my friends, don't forget to have fun. Dating is hard, yeah, but it's also meant to be enjoyable. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of the Christian Sex Educator Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here, and I hope that you'll join me next Friday. You finished another episode of the Christian Sex Educator Podcast. That's one more step in preparing for and building the kind of sexual relationship that you're really hoping for. So congrats! For episode details and links, check out the show notes or head over to thechristiansexeducator.com slash podcast. And don't forget, God invented sex and it is oh so good. Come back soon!